lighting the way, exposing the frauds. It's the truth, and nothing but the truth. It's the hard truth. With Tracy Dickinson Jr. Hello, 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 all you truthers out there. This is the April 8th, 2019 edition of The Hard Truth. I am Tracy Dickinson Jr. coming to you live from the Bardom Radio Ballroom on 69th and Belter in Last Light City, New York. I want to welcome you all most certainly because today is a very special occasion. We are approaching the big event that I have been talking about for some time now. We are going to be moving out of the wonderful Bardem Radio Ballroom and into our new offices in what will be our new base of operation. That's right, my loyal listeners. We will be making our way into the Just the Facts building in downtown Last Light, named by yours truly. It is going to be a hard transition, I know that for sure. We've been producing the hard truth out of this historic building for the better part of six years now. And I already know that the day I have to pack up and leave this office will potentially be for the last time. And it will be a difficult one. You know, my father, before he started hosting the Later Than Late show, did his original radio broadcasts from the offices in this ballroom. I think maybe even this very office. It's close to my heart, obviously. But we must, by necessity, outgrow childish things. Not to call this building childish, obviously, but it's my childhood this place reminds me of. And it is now time to expand my wings and our wings, the rest of Just the Facts LLC. So, to get it out of the way, I will make it known that we are already getting the newspaper divisions moved into the buildings as we speak today. And by the end of next week, we will be fully expanding production on our wonderful paper, The Cold Truth. And if you are listening to this broadcast, you'll be able to buy our paper. That's my promise to you. But at risk of getting too sentimental, I think that it's about time for us to get on with the show. We've still got another week of shows in the wonderful Bardem Radio Ballroom on 69th and Belter in Last Light City, New York. So let's get back on to today's topic. To get us rolling with today's first major story, now, I have with me today a headline and an article that was published by the Data Daily World just this morning. Long and short-time listeners will recognize why I want to start here. Let me begin. From the Data Daily World, The Young Hero Protecting Radeon Heights, Meet Hydro Girl. Byline from Denzel Byrne. Meet Hydro Girl? First, she what isn't she isn't new to the scene. She's been here for three years. I certainly know that, and I know you do. But maybe I'm just more worldly connected, Denzel. I don't know. <sighs> Since Hydro Girl burst onto the scene, I have been very loud in my condemnation of this threat to my fair city for many years now. 
Hydra girl who dares first of all to use that name, pretending to connect herself to the royal lineage of former Crisis Custodian and current king of Hydronia, Hydroman, and his son, the Crown Prince Hydra Boy. I don't think that a hyphen is enough to fool me, Hydro Girl. I see what you're trying to do. Now, listeners, I am no fan of Hydro Boy either. I personally think it is detestable how he refuses to join up with one of our hero unions. Let the government keep proper tabs on his crime-fighting activities as they should. But we're not talking about Hydro Boy. We're talking about Hydro Hyphen Girl. And the way that this article practically venerates her is disgusting. Radion Heights is a slum, no other way to put it. The ground still carries minor levels of radiation even to this day, and I don't believe for one thing that we should be praising some girl who probably got her hydrokinesis from spending her childhood sipping irradiated water and eating lead paint chips at her elementary school. Worse, let's not forget the kinds of fights that she leaves so constantly in her wake. Every time that she fights Rockhammer out there, we end up with a bunch of broken walls or collapsed trees in the road because of her reckless fighting and his frank idiocy. Because of her powers, there's always a water pressure drop across the whole neighborhood, reports say, meaning people sometimes can't get up in the morning and take a hot shower or even make a hot cup of coffee. Needless to say, about her gadgets, which sometimes leave Dangerous icicles frozen on, on street lamps that could fall and injure somebody or cause water damage to the brickworks around the neighborhood, let alone the potential slipping hazards that people have trying to leave their own homes. Why should we celebrate this luckless teen making life harder for the people living down on their luck already? If she wanted to be a hero, she could join the Union. Then she'd be liable to the government, at least. And they could put her in her place. By that same token, I want to pick up on a series of stories that I only commented on briefly last week. But don't think that I'm done with you, Hydro Girl. I feel as though I am never done with you. Destiny has tied us together. And one of these days, karma will finally come back down on you. But no more Hydra hyphen girl. Not right now. Not for a moment. Let... Let's expand our horizons. So, as I was saying, there was a series of stories last week that I only briefly touched on, but now we have gotten more information about them. You may all remember I discussed how in the early hours on Thursday last week there was a significant fire and then an explosion in the Incredibles bookstore in Australia, New York. Well, later that day as well, the appearance of a monster, then a giant monster, in the downtown of Gear Creek. Well, over the weekend, there have been more incidents. On Friday, a devastating explosion and fight with another monster up in the International Boxing Hall of Fame in our own New York City of Canastota. And then after that, another giant monster, Saturday, in the middle of Last Light City, right here. And then, of course, one need only talk about the big citywide blackout from this past Saturday night, Sunday morning. Well, I know what you're saying. Tracy, 
What do all of these have to do with each other? Well, let me tell you. Security camera footage at several of these events, as well as eyewitnesses talking about it later, have confirmed that all of these problems had a connection. A hero going by the name Ryder. That's with a Y, by the way, in case you had any hope that the English language was alive and well in the youth. Who is this Ryder? I don't know. No one knows. And, you know, we have laws on the books that say that we legally cannot unmask or reveal the identities of vigilantes. Now, that's an old law put on the books back in the 70s when we had a really big rise of these sorts that led to the times that we're in now. Learn your history, read a book. I understand the importance of the privacy of the private citizen. And I understand that the last century has been unprecedented, what with the rise of masks and capes and tights and disregard for the law. But people like this, we should be making exceptions for them. Not just super criminals, but these so-called superheroes. I say we should grab them and tear that mask off. Tell the world who they are. A city-wide blackout, people. City-wide. And there she was. Engaged in a fight that blew up an entire research facility. Putting who knows what into the air in the process. The people up in Gear Creek, you know, they got lucky that such an old-school hero with respect and dignity, like Starman, was there to clean up that monster before this rider dropped it on their whole town. Imagine that. Were it not for Starman, this Y rider would have just completely flattened all of Gear Creek. The entirety of it. <sighs> Now, when I'm, when I'm talking about these heroes who eschew the safety of the public and then entirely disregard the law while doing so, I usually bring up how they should join one of their local hero unions. Or maybe even just retire before they get someone killed. But this is not such the case. I am a card-carrying supporter and critic, but supporter for the Hodge Act, or permit, if you prefer it, and I think in the wake of the Captain Halcyon incident, and I know, maybe I'm a broken record. I say part of this at least once a week. But it was necessary. Up until 2011, enhanced citizens, costumed adventurers, they've been allowed free reign to battle terrorists, alien invasions, super criminals, and other generic future convicts without impunity since the 30s. But that was always untenable. I always knew that one day the system was going to crack. That one of them was going to crack. And Halcyon Jr. sure did. The Hodge Act was essential to bring some order to this chaos. I believe it. But Donovan Hodge was too nice to these vigilantes. Yes, he established the independent unions to organize heroes, but he should have made it illegal to exist outside of the unions. That is what irks me so much about all of these people, about Hydro, Hyphen Girl, and now Ryder, whoever they are, and everyone else I talk about. Technically, they aren't doing anything illegal. And that is true. That is a correct statement, factually. Legally, I have no grounds to stand against them. But morally, what they do is so much worse. We let all of these festering little cancers exist at the frayed edges of our system, but we should be eradicating these cancers. 
my sources uh, tell me in regards to Ryder, with a Y as a reminder, that the Department of Damage Reduction has put out an APB to bring her in for questioning. Now, now, I have my problems with DDR, but they are still respectable when it comes to determining what caused the issues and the damage in these various events. I will even be willing to hear that Ryder is innocent of these sins, if DDR can confirm, but the fact that she doesn't stick around the sights of her disasters tells me everything I need to know about her guilt. I can't get over it, actually. An APB from DDR. Doesn't that tell you that Skylark's law shouldn't apply to her? Tear that mask off. I worry sometimes about my show feeling a little too local when I talk about stories like this. I know most of my discussion is about Last Light City, my hometown, the city my show was in, and all the rest of that. That maybe it is a little too local. But when it starts to happen here in Last Light, it's usually pretty indicative of what the rest of our fine country is going to start looking like. We are the superhero capital of the world, after all. It all started here, ground zero. The new school that opened to, to train superheroes, after all, to teach them to use their powers and skills, opened up here in the city just last year. And we're coming up on their first year their first anniversary since opening. High Rise Academy. I've talked about it before. Principled by Jebediah Hellbinder. The demon that Infinite used to fight. You know, that Californian hero. The demon that Infinite used to fight. That's who we're trusting our children to. And don't get me started on the idea of teaching people to be heroes. What a world. They've got their Titan Academy in San Frenetico. I know Japan has the Hanamura School, but heroing is it, 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 it's different in Japan, right? And Britain has their Greenmore School, too. But again, it's different across the pond, so to say. You know, they'll make the claim that they, that they, 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 that they, don't, they don't encourage teens and college-age kids who attend the academy to actually become heroes. They just want to, to help people develop and control their powers. But then, why do they accept students who don't have superpowers, just, just, just talents? And why, for example, is Medigirl a staff member? You know Medigirl? She's part of the Crisis Custodians. She's their medic. Why is a Crisis Custodian on staff as a, as a school nurse at your impartial academy. Isn't that pushing your students towards heroics for a career, regardless of if it's with a union or not? Let alone the fact that seemingly they are very clearly exciting their students, galvanizing them into, into heroic activities. There's this one powerhouse, the hero with a the smile, they call him, and people are always... <sighs> I said I was worried that my show gets too local, and then I got local. Um, hmm. Apologies, apologies. Let's, let's expand outward again for just a little before I wind my way back towards this powerhouse and, 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 and high-rise academy, right? So, Titanium Titan. I know he's from Last Light. Hold on, hold on. Bear with me. The main hero for technology company Titan Industries, a company that has significantly reduced its size and, and power over the years, has been spending more and more time abroad. Now, I know 
Titan Industries is also based in Last Light. But the hero has barely been in the city for the better part of the last few years, as best as I can tell. Now, I don't care for him. I don't care for his brazen attitude, his cocksure confidence, his Texan drawl. Why do we let heroes, even the unionized ones, have such international autonomy, huh? How come this big, hammer-swinging, power-suited dullard is allowed to fly across the Atlantic and work with the Queensmen or the Yanshakudamas or the Steel Horsemen? Sure, I'm all for camaraderie and collaboration with the people who defend this world, but why does the Titanium Titan feel like he has the right to leave American soil to solve other countries' problems? Isn't he an American? And proudly, too, right? Son of immigrants who came here? Right? Maybe it's from those years he spent with the Global Guardians back in the early 2000s. You know, and for that matter, maybe it's better that he and his best buddy from that team, American Steel, maybe it's best that they stay off of our country, actually. Stay off our soil. I mean, let's not forget that it was both of those irresponsible, exosuited morons who fought that little collection of exosuited maniacs in 2007 that completely collapsed the president's faces off of Mount Rushmore. An American steel god. Remember when that man stood for our country and our interests? I can't, I can't, uh, I actually, I don't actually know if the microphone picked it up, but for a moment there I had to lean back in my chair and, and, and inhale, and, and deeply inhale. I think I pulled back far enough that it wasn't on the audio. But I, I, I can't allow myself to start going on about American Steel because we have, we have other things to talk about. On the topic of, of the youth today, though, and exosuited morons, there's been reports of another hero who has been local to the Topville area of Last Light recently. I don't know much about him. Only thing we've got is the name Pantheon that apparently he's given to a few civilians up in the area. Seems young. Seems to be piloting an exosuit. Maybe he's a robot. Don't know. I bet on the former. But frankly, it doesn't matter. With the exception of maybe Rockhammer and perhaps even the Tindangler, if you're really scared, you know, of acute angles, I guess, the Tindangler, Topville is not a place with serious villainous activities. Sure, muggings and assaults, breaking and entering, drug running, gun violence, things that, things that need addressing, sure. But that area... It doesn't need the kind of strength and power that a bedamned suit of power armor provides. I mean, surely not. This, this is not for most of my listeners. This one, I want to speak directly to this power-suited individual. If this, you, Pantheon, if you're listening, I have two words for you, son. First, fight crime downtown or somewhere else. Better yet. Somewhere that actually needs your work. And secondly, join the union. And if you're like so many youths and you're doing this when you're too young to join the union, go back to school. Although actually, better yet, how about this? Don't join the union. 
Don't be a hero at all. You want to protect your community? Become a police officer. And if there really is any kind of threat worth the effort up in Topville, Sun, Pantheon, why don't you come tell some people better suited to work about it? Go tell the Stars and Stripes about it. They're proud Americans. They're government-supported, and they can handle anything. Now I'm done addressing uh, this Pantheon child. Moving on to our headlines again. Several listeners have sent in reports relating to someone by the name Warpstar. And I want to say this again for the last time. Warpstar is not real. Moving on. So reports said that downtown in the Ironworks neighborhood, here in Last Light, again, local, sorry, we had a bit of a small-time alien supercriminal trying to gather up uh, diamonds from several jewelry stores in an attempt to build something of an unknown nature at this time. They were stopped, of course, by the Prism Patrol's Earth-based delegates Butterfly and Brokeed with their all-powerful magic bow ties. Frankly, I think that the bronze bow tie from the Christ Custodians is enough bow tie-based heroes. Just the one, quite frankly. Get, gets things too confusing. But more than that, I think we've set a bad precedent, letting all these aliens from beyond the stars participate in the defense of our world. Don't they have their own worlds to defend? Haven't we fought off alien invasion before in the 60s and the 90s? You know, first we let Starlight into the Crisis Custodians, and then we let her, her little sidekick YouTuber star, you know, whatever, Starfly, join up with the 123 here in Last Light. And we had that wandering jellyfish alien woman Nightlight roving around across the United States. For a while, she was on the Custodians, too, before the big, uh, the big exodus a couple years ago. And don't even get me started with Talon and Raptor. And I don't know if ancient Greek gods count, but Kratos from the Global Guardians, he feels like an alien to me. Lump him in and his big dumb war axe, too. I mean, haven't we already proven that when it comes to aliens, they are worth more trouble than anything else? Whenever anything comes from the stars, it is a danger to the general public, inevitably, and eventually. So why should we be trusting our defense from those stars with the Prism Patrol? We already have a group of fine heroes, the first family, America's greatest family of heroes. Now those are the people I trust. Mr. First, the interdimensional woman, the Olympian spark, the entity, and of course Mr. First's wonderful son, First Junior. Now those are real heroes that you can trust. Sure, they've time-traveled forward to us from the 60s, and I'm sure that the recent adjustment over the last two years has been very difficult, and I wish them all the best, but they've got those real American values that bring to every cosmic exploration the American way, and they carry it with them. They bring it with them on those explorations. Leave the defense of Earth to Earthlings, and leave the defense of America to Americans. That's what I say. All of... This that I've been describing has also left me with an uncertain perception of where we're going right now. If I may be allowed to monologue slightly longer than I usually do before we get into calls for today, 
I mentioned High-Rise Academy before, amongst the list of various, let's call them what they are, superhero schools. That's what they're trying to make, those children. Trying to get them to put on mask capes and tights, right? That, have, that, that they've opened up over the last few years. But in addition to that, the media, they keep reporting increasing numbers of unlicensed vigilantes, and even more of them are underage for the unions to even consider them as members. Worse than that, I don't know that the unions really have the control on their members that the Hodge Act was supposed to promise. President Pearl has made this declaration that he has no intention of increasing controls or restrictions on vigilante activities. He's actually even claimed that he hopes to, the, the opposite, that he hopes to scale back many of the few successful controls that the Hodge Act did impose. Now, thankfully, we live in a free and proper democracy, so the president does not hold all authority. Even though President Pearl seems determined to make the average American's life so much more dangerous, there are those who are fighting for you. For all of the bad talk that I give to the ultimate act passed in his name, Senator Donovan Hodge has continued to push for stronger regulations on enhanced individuals and costumed adventurers, and I do respect his continued work. Governor Jack Steele in Maryland had a press conference just this past week discussing the continued success of his government-sponsored heroes, the latest incarnation of the stars and stripes that I mentioned previously, and also introduced their new leader, the Civil Warrior. They look incredible, people. Absolutely incredible. Steele wants to put all so-called superhumans into the military, and I think that idea could be incredible. And once again, at risk of getting local, I want to mention the real heroes in our government here in Last Light City. Congresswoman Stephanie Suzuki has been very vocal in her belief that we need to go even further. Heroes in public life need to be completely illegalized. She's been presenting many alternative methods for dealing with the crime troubles of the city. After all, apparently, supervillain is a career that people are actually pursuing. And she has been joined by the fine, wonderful mayor of my beautiful city. Mayor Karen McDaniels put it simply the other night in an interview discussing her various ideas of how we can move away from the superhero as the public defender. In it, she stated at one point, the city is a ticking time bomb, and either we let it explode, or we need to pull the red wire and defuse it. Now the people of my city are struggling, my dear listener. You know what people can't do when a criminal destroys a supermarket? Work their jobs or buy food. That is happening in macro across the country. These men and women in masks and capes and tights, the damage they cause is catastrophic. It gets worse as we lose more and more control over them, and even worse when they start to break the leash right after we started to tighten it. That's why Ms. Suzuki and Ms. McDaniels are going to be hosting a rally next month where I will also be a speaker so that you can hear directly from the people who are truly speaking in defense of you. 
And on the topic of tightening that leash, it's even worse when you have heroes who, who used to have some, some pedigree, like American Steel and Superion, deciding to, to make their vigilantism political. Superion especially. What, suddenly being white and having money is enough to keep you from being protected from danger and from its... Uh, Excuse me? What? Listeners, my fine people, I've been informed by my producer, Melissa, that the arrogant villain Rockhammer is destroying the street in front of the uh, Bardem Radio Ballroom. Someone uh, someone thinks he may have heard what I was saying earlier and that he's, uh, he's here for me. Well, personally, I, I, I would love to see that big, ugly idiot face-to-face and give him a piece of my mind. But I have many loyal employees who, who would stand by my side, and I, well, I, um, I, uh, I, I want to make sure that they stay safe. So for their sakes, I am going to evacuate at this time. We will be back soon, I promise. Remember to check that you can get on our website, and you can, you can... Okay, okay, it's time to go. Let's get out of here, everybody. Let's go, let's go. So this is the little man's recording studio, huh? (laughs) Well, I suppose he won't mind if I say a few words. Fuck. Shit. What are your sponsors going to think about that, little man? (laughs) Hey, Rocky, didn't you hear that video killed the radio star? Oh, well, if it is an old hydro girl, well, sorry to burst your bubble, but you're not stopping me. I've got an interview.